Mech Football Pod. We found Caleb. Justin went missing, but we found Caleb. Caleb, did you watch any uh, Week Zero action yesterday? I watched a few minutes passively of Mercer hosting Moorhead State. What? That's <laughs> the one? The yeah, one it that was you had to go out of your way to like ESPN Plus to find, right? I mean, I was I had ESPN Plus pulled up because you know I don't have regular television and uh, I don't have the, any of the packages that have college football games really, except for ESPN Plus. So, what? dude, this has been the case for years. You know this. I always forget. The uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the only thing I watch is Mac football games on ESPN, and then go go to bars or whatever to uh, watch any other games I want to see. So, but that's my could... thing. Like, so like if you have ESPN, like access to that, like how could you not? Pay? I mean, I guess I guess it makes sense. Okay. I'm not, but that's the one you picked too. <laughs> that's like I mean, that's that was, the game. <laughs> that was the only one. The other options were high school football games in Texas. I guess. Um, so and state of affairs for you, man. Jesus. Like I didn't need to go actively consume um, any particular games because I had no strong feelings about anything because I am spending ev- almost every waking hour of my life working or doing football right now. So um, there's no, you know, if if there's a big game, I'll go. Oh yeah, sure, I'll go to my way to go to the bar and watch it. But like. Like no, like I wasn't that excited by Nebraska Northwestern enough to get out of my, get off my futon and go to a bar. Like no. I mean, but like you are, you know, at least a former uh, resident of Evanston, and sure. it was a home game for them, technically. You know, I you know I'll I, I check in with Northwestern and see how they do. I'm interested, but but I couldn't name it. You're a bad anybody. Catholic. I almost couldn't name anybody on the team. So. <laughs> I love that about you. <laughs> That's good. No, I couldn't really either until I watched the game, though, honestly. I mean, Nebraska's the one that everybody wanted to watch. But it's just funny because, like, I love talking to you because you don't get – you, honest to God, don't get the FOMO out of this. You don't get FOMO out of missing out on Nebraska, Northwestern, and that slop fest because everybody just wants to watch it for, like, the, the drama of uh, Scott Frost and all that. Yeah, I mean everybody's passively cons- like, everybody's consuming the the uh, the, the lovely s- slush of uh, Twitter content that comes with Northwestern and Nebraska football, and you know I can still see that. I still I still get to you know live vicariously through people's tweets. It's still it can still be fun. Um, didn't have any desire to really watch the game, but um, you know I'm, I just kind of took the chance yesterday to just kind of like lay there. Like I you know I had a Friday night game, we had a comeback victory in the game I coached in. Uh, and then Saturday morning, I coached a game for one of the lower level teams. And then, you know, I get back at one in the afternoon. And I just wanted to lay there. I think I slept for three hours. So, yeah, that's that's enough Big Ten football for you. All right. You know what? Um, apologies if I'm a little distracted. My cat is trying to tear my arm off because he does not like when I hop on calls with people. Um, he's like, you're talking to somebody. You're not paying attention to me. I would like to rip your, your limbs from your body. Um, my cat has left the office since we started recording. Yeah, he's like, I don't like your voice. Fuck off. Yeah. We have a good relationship. Uh, speaking of good relationship, us with college football, us with the Mac, it's about to get really nasty in here. It's week one. It officially is. We're finally starting the real week of football, not the Northwestern Nebraska week. Hallelujah. Um before we get going on this, uh, we're not going to do anything too crazy. We're just going to go down the list, just kind of just talk about the Mac generally. You know, no special games or anything like that. Uh, Caleb, I know we're going to do some predictions in each of the 12 games, correct? Yes, that's the plan. 
I also have win totals, projected win totals uh, for each of these teams. So I think that's the order uh, we're going to go with here. We're going to go from like highest kind of projected win total teams to uh, Akron. <laughs> well, Akron's not going to be the team with the least wins. So, uh, okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, Toledo, you're going to open the season up with Long Island. Your projected win total by The Athletic says 8.6, and by SB Plus, the number that I actually care about when doing this is 8.3. An unnamed sportsbook. An unnamed sportsbook put the odds uh, for Toledo to win eight games this year. Uh, but, but Caleb, your predictions. What did you even have in your mind for your predictions? Like, how did we want to go about this? Because... You kind of left it at that, and then we both said, all right, we're going to go make breakfast, respectively. Uh, I don't know what you had. I had an amazing, amazing, amazing everything bagel with really, really crappy cream cheese, and it was awesome. It was just fine. Um, I don't know what you had, but while you were having your breakfast, what were you thinking about with your predictions? If you're asking, uh, well, for the one, I made eggs with a lot of veggies and stuff, Mm -hmm. and I'm one of those people who likes to just fry a bunch of things and throw an egg on it and call it a meal. It is. Uh, it it's, a bre- so it's a breakfast meal. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Uh, I put an put egg it. on a burger, and it's a breakfast sandwich. Sure, let's go with that. But are you looking for a Toledo prediction? Are you looking for what? Kind of both. Like I don't know like what you were going for with the predictions, and since we have to open with Toledo, let's, uh, I'll let you open with that. Well, so, I mean, we already <laughs> we already ran a podcast where we, we, we talked about like the records, and I don't have that privy to me right now, and I'm not really – interested in making the wins predictions but i'm I'm cool with the over under guesses but as far as I'm just, went, I'm just kind of setting the table with those as far as toledo went i have uh i just i was making like really specific statistical predictions and like things like that and more just for the hell of it than like any fucking intellect uh so i i said that uh this johnson was going to record two sacks of forced fumble and uh, turn the tide of the game with a defensive play, one of the defensive plays. I like it. I think uh, just generally, I think Toledo is just going to run for 400 yards on them. I don't see why they wouldn't. There's no need to just, like, throw the ball up in the air and just try to, like, air it out and, like, actually do the action thing. Just, like, do the Toledo thing and just, like, run through everybody, especially the FCS Sharks. Seriously, Long Island has the best logo in all sports, by the way. It's very cool. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like literally like final, like you take all the sports logos in college sports and like put them in a big bracket. And like, I'm telling you, Long Island and Tulane are heading to the final four easy every year. Is um, is Long Island, the, are they in like the third year, like third year of a football program? I honestly like? have, I don't know. It must be because like, it's not like I remember, like we've been doing this whole like action blogging, kind of like being familiar with FCS opponents for better part of 10 years now and like i have not heard of long island until very recently yeah the basketball program was okay for a while there but they completely like they completely rebranded their program a few years ago in terms of colors and mascot and all that at least to be like the blackbirds which i thought was really fucking sick uh but you know they if they were going to shoot for another one they 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 did well for themselves because i dig it i dig the whole thing um whatever it was before this is much more memorable (laughs) yeah so the um i don't know the i'm trying to think so you said okay Toledo's gonna run for 400 yards or whatever 
I personally could not tell you who RB one is. Is it is it Micah Kelly this year? Yeah, who, probably. But like, that. they're so loaded back there. Like, it honestly does not matter because you could drop any of like RB two, RB three from Toledo and just like pop them into any other max school, and they're probably you know competing for top spot there too. Yeah. But Kelly is amazing. I've I've loved Micah Kelly for a long time. So. Uh, NIU, NIU is the next game we're going to talk about. Um, both the Athletic and SP Plus project NIU is going to have 6.9 wins this year. Uh, Unnamed Sportsbook has the odds at 6.5 for that over-under. They're opening up week one at home against Eastern Illinois. Caleb, your thoughts and prediction, please. My thoughts are the same as they are a lot of years with NIU and the predictions for their over-under wins and all that stuff. Basically, the analytics mean almost nothing when it comes to NIU. The analytics mean almost nothing when it comes to Toledo. And as much as people love the analytics, and they generally are fine, and they generally do a good job of predicting things in the long term, they are so far off when it comes to the MAC. They are. And, and somebody wants to make like sometimes well, you want to start. I mean, it, it depends oh. on like how you're phrasing that. Because like if you're saying like the of if you're gonna use these as like uh, just like to a quick conversation to kind of rank the teams. If you're going to say the best Mac team is the, I don't know, 62nd or so best team in the, in the, uh, in the whole nation. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. And if you're going to say the worst Mac team is 127th out of 131. Yeah. It makes sense. No, that's fine. But in terms of relative, how they are relative to one another, they are cons- consistently off all the time. Yeah, I'm and, seeing an SP plus Western is one spot above Eastern Michigan, and I vehemently disagree with that. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's it's incredibly frustrating to watch uh, both the analytics kind of are pointing toward Toledo, and and most years to, people point towards Toledo based on like the talent, and it's just you have to at some point take into account the fact that results matter, and that shouldn't be <laughs> fucking complicated thing to understand i don't well it's so goddamn stupid dude like you're gonna keep picking toledo no matter how many times they show you you're wrong like i I think i get what you're saying i just think that like i don't know i think like what you're saying with like results should matter game should matter i think that doesn't have to matter in SP plus because SP plus or any formula can mean whatever the fuck it wants to mean, right? Sure. Well, I, okay. So I'm less complaining about. But, but if we're talking about like actually like how rankings stack up and like talking about you know how they did in in the season and like where they should place like in the postseason and all that stuff, that's where all everything you're saying right now. That's where that has a lot more gravity with me. That makes more sense to me. The fact that anybody would pick Toledo in front of NIU this year, like on an anecdotal basis, not a statistical basis, after watching the NIU that, Coastal game last year is insane. There you go. See, that that I can see. If you're going to, like, humanly put in Toledo, like, yes, I think they're going to have the best performance. If you could humanly watch why Toledo shoots itself in the foot and how NIU just hasn't, that makes more sense. If, like, a, if a calculator is going to say numbers for Toledo or numbers for NIU, it's just like, well, that's just because... The numbers that you put in just came out that way. But, like, I know when those two line up, I expect the Huskies to come out on top. I don't care who's ranked 20 spots, 10 spots, one spot ahead of who. Sure, but they also – people place, like, an emphasis on the, the statistics when it comes to the MAC when they're just outsiders. And I guess that's the easiest way to describe why people get it wrong so badly is because you're looking at only statistical. Like, okay, I'm basing this on teams I know nothing about. So 
Sleeto's going to win the Mac. And it's like, because why? Because I don't know anything about the Mac. <laughs> um, I'm kind of more just whining to complain about this because it's just, it gets old. And this topic kind of annoys me. <laughs> Which one? The, the projected win totals or the... The just prediction <sighs> for for this game. I'm just annoyed by Toledo. This is oh, what okay. it comes down to. This, this isn't the, not what it always. We are on NIU for the record. Oh my god, I'm always annoyed about Toledo, and anybody, and then any rankings. Like obviously the rankings are fucked. <laughs> the, the, the ratings are fucked. <laughs> the ranking, the ratings always. This this neutral, unbiased formula. Keeps picking the wrong team in the league. Sure, the only league that I care about. But I think, but like that's, but like that's just says like SP plus is this right? But like what they're doing on the field is what like we actually need to talk about, right? Like numbers don't mean anything. Performance matters. We get that. We're not saying like Bill Connolly's SP plus predictions or anybody's formula is crowning anybody any championship right now. No one's saying that. What we're saying is, Toledo, you're underachieving by that much. That's what that's screaming. That's what that's ultimately screaming. Let's move on from Toledo. Okay, so anyways, I was already on NIU Eastern Illinois, and I'm still waiting on your prediction for this game. I said, for one, that uh, Shamar Thornton is going to go over 100 receiving yards with two scores. He's going to be... Uh, he's going to become wide out, wide out one with Trayvon Rudolph hurt. And that doesn't mean necessarily that I think Cole Tucker is going to be targeted more than anybody else, but I'm thinking Thornton's going to be the, the go-to um, when it's got to be making a big play in this game. And he'll have a chance to uh, kind of establish himself as one of the better receivers in the Mac right away. NIU wins by five. Wow. Yeah. Just, I don't have a great reason, um, but I do think that like, Losing, you know, losing Trayvon Rudolph's going to hurt, right? But also losing Clint Rakovich is going to hurt a lot, too. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe Eastern Illinois just shows up with, like, a defense that we have are not privy to. Who knows? I'm just going with that. And I, you know what? We got to produce a goddamn podcast. That's why I said it. Yeah. Uh, Miami's up next. Miami, your uh, your projected win totals. The Athletic says six and six point seven this year. SP Plus likes you a little bit more at six point nine. Unnamed Sportsbook, your odds are setting you at six and a half. That's a, that's a fun over under to play. Uh, but you're opening the season at Kentucky. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take the lead here. Big fat stinking L. Big fat stinking L. Like five scores. So well, oh damn, five scores. Okay, uh, I'm thinking. Oh, Lord, am I a teenager? Uh, so it's a night game in Lexington. First game of the year for Kentucky. The atmosphere is going to be raucous. You know, they've played better football in recent years. There's an excitement around the football program that didn't exist before this offseason. There was nonsense about the the coaches bickering with one another about whether Kentucky's a football school or a basketball school. So funny. And I, and I, it's just goofy. And I think the I think the energy around the football program is so good right now that it's that Miami is just walking into a death trap. Like they're good for the Mac. They're probably the best team in the East, but they're just walking into a death trap. And I my prediction is not so far off from yours, but just with the caveat that 
a lot of people are going to be talking about how good Gabbard is after this game, even though Miami's going to get bumped, like, pretty good. But, even like, on the other side, like, it's Will Levis. It's going to be a Will Levis show. You know, Brett Gabbard's going to be there, but it's going to be a Will Levis show. Because he's the one that everyone's going to be like, is that a first-round guy? Is that a first-round guy? And people like to talk up Miami's defense so much. Hey, yo, uh, raise your hand if you've ever done that. Um, yeah, it's going to be a Will Levis show. Uh, CMU, you're up next. Oh, man, you, you got a really fun week one game. Uh, SB Plus likes your season. Uh, 6.8 projected win, 6.4 says the Athletic. Unnamed Sportsbook. Odds are setting them at 7.5. That's going to be a lot. That's a lot of fun. Computer says 6.4. Human says 7.5. Uh, open the season at Oklahoma State. Uh, hey, raise your hand if you've ever seen that game happen before. Hmm. Your prediction. I think that Central is going to score, score, not touchdowns, score four times in the first half and then get shut out in the second half. I think OK State, they're going to kind of run with OK State for a bit. Hmm. And it'll, it'll be like a shootout in the first half, and then the second half, OK State's going to make their adjustments and lock it down. I I want to agree with that. I like Lou Nichols, though. And like I, I like him enough to say, no, 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 he'll make a drive happen in the second half, even against Oklahoma State's great defense. Um, but anybody that's anybody and at least watches – some preseason football, or at least a lot of HBO, should know that Oklahoma State lost its best linebacker ever and is on the Detroit Lions, so he doesn't have to worry about that just yet. Uh, he has that great defensive player to not worry about last year, and like that was a great defense that Oklahoma State had last year too, so that kind of does like help you out with saying, like, eh, maybe Central just gets shut the hell out in the second half. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I It does help that like they have the same coach who is like, this is not going to happen to us again because that could have been like long enough at like almost any other program. It would have been like, Hey, that's an old regime. That's this totally new set of guys, you know, new vibes. We're so much, this is the best we've ever looked, blah, blah, blah. Like Gundy has to like open this up and be like, no, I'm still pissed. Yeah. <laughs> EMU. Oh wait, I don't think did I ever, you know what? No, you said they won't, they won't score. I'm going to say Lou Nichols, uh, buck 50. Yeah, that kind of I, I'll, I would roll with a similar prediction for just based on first half prediction. EMU, uh, six point four win total project predicted by the Athletic six point two says SP plus unnamed sportsbook six and a half. That's a fun over under. Uh, home against Eastern Kentucky this Friday. I'll be there. That'll be fun. Uh, I'm gonna start with a prediction. I don't even. I don't know what any of my predictions are. I'm just kind of going in blind. Uh... Oh boy! Uh, three touchdown lead at the half. Giving you a big. I don't know about that one. Um, so EK was decent last year. Uh, their losses are quality <clears throat> FCS opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, I mean they even beat Jacksonville State in the uh, in their. It's a bowl. good EKU squad. It really is. Yeah. It's like one of those that's just outside of the FCS top twenty-five, and that quarterback. He um, he's pretty good. He's he's like a dual threat too, like almost six hundred yards rushing last year, like legitimately pretty good. Sure. He's also prone to turnovers, so I don't know. <laughs> what was uh, 
What was e- EMU's best rushing performance last year? Uh, I don't know. Keep talking. I'll look it up. I I think EMU is going to actually run the ball well in this game. And I'm going to say for the first time in, I don't know how long, EMU is going to run for 200 yards. I don't know. I don't have them up as a team just yet. I have the ESPN one up. Um, but as far as like single performance, uh, we're going for one rusher had almost he had 187 yards against Western last year. That was a oh. one point game. Uh, he also had 100 yards, 122 against UMass. Wait, who, who did? Juwan Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton did. Okay. Yeah, he had like one like really really long long run. It was like for 70 yards in that game. Uh, wasn't a touchdown, unfortunately. He had a couple big breakout runs that game, but yeah, that guy was pretty good. Yeah, fuck uh, it, I'll go with it. 200 yards rushing for you, Emil. I like it. That's bold. Uh, let, let's see how they did against St. Francis, because that's an FCS school that they played last year. Rushing, 221 rushing. Yeah, EK is better FCS school. Yeah, okay. Buffalo, you're up next. That's that's going to be a fun week one game against Maryland, at Maryland. That should happen every year. Um, but for the year, the Athletic projects 6.4 wins out of the Bulls. SP Plus projects 5.5. Unnamed Sportsbook sets the odds at 5.5. Um, yeah, Buffalo's, Buffalo's a very confusing school right now because you either really buy into, like, the Mo Linguist cult of personality. And I don't even know if he's like all out there with like a cult of personality. Even I just think like you either love the guy or you don't. Um, and if you really love the guy, then like you're probably picking Buffalo to like do well this week and such forth with all of its transfers all over the field. But like, if you're not buying what he's selling and something that you haven't seen, so you have to buy like, a you know, what's behind this door. Um, I don't know, man. That's just, Buffalo is really hard to predict. I, I have no idea what to predict out of them at Maryland. I, I just don't know. Like, I don't even have, like, a fun throwaway thing right here. I just don't. Because it's... I say James Patterson forces a fumble. How about that? Like, <laughs> okay. uh, something something simple and easy and something that everybody wants to Go see. Go bigger. Go bigger. <laughs> and returns it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... So Maryland, I remember in recent years, they, they kind of get knocked around a little bit in terms of uh, – it's, it's just kind of like an ongoing joke that Maryland beats somebody like Texas or beats a good team, and then like people are like, are we high on Maryland? And the next thing you know, they, the floor falls off. The floor falls out beneath them, and they go tumbling away. And that was, not, that was very much the case last year. They beat West Virginia. They uh, beat the living hell out of Howard. They beat Illinois. They, they defeated Kent State. They get in the Big Ten play, and they just get thumped by Iowa, thumped by Ohio State, thumped by Minnesota, and then, you know, they're kind of like 500 the rest of the way or so. Uh, Their bowl game was really good. They beat the holy hell out of Virginia Tech. So maybe feeling decently good about themselves as a program. Buffalo still hasn't established much of anything. I think Maryland probably gets off to a slow start, probably wins fairly comfortably, but I think it's going to be the – I think the ugliest game, not in terms of – not in terms of – um, what am I trying to say here? 
just them Basically, getting waxed. I, I don't think either team is going to move the ball well at all in the first half. I think it's going to be like really, really ugly to watch. Not even Maryland? Correct. Hmm. I think that they uh, that neither team will move the ball in the first half. It's going to be extremely ugly. And then Maryland will still win by like 30. Ball State. Uh, oh, wait, no. I sk- I'm, skipping, I'm skipping the team. Western Michigan right now. Uh, we got to go to Western Michigan next. Projected win totals 5.5 out of the Athletic, 5.4 out of SB+. However, the sports books are setting the odds, or at least one unnamed one, at 6.5. Uh, starts the season at Michigan State. Uh, Jaden Reed's going to go the hell off, right? <laughs> like, uh, but that was a given anyways because he's just good whether or not he's playing against his old team, Western. Uh, dude. Man, Michigan State's going to smoke Western. I don't I don't have one right now. You go first and I'll come, I'll come back. Hmm, let's see. Western Michigan is going to score a special teams touchdown, but they also will not uh, put up more than 200 yards of offense. Hmm. Okay. And we and we hear from it's fun, and I say this ironically too because Justin loves to talk about how crap Western special teams are, and he's right, and I'm still rolling with it. Um, I think, I think, I think Western only scores on field goals. Okay. I think that's the only way Western gets on the board is via field goal. I just, I'm not a believer in Western's offense this year. Yeah. I've... I think it's talented. I think there's potential there. I think there's going to be guys that I'm going to be surprised by. And I think Sean Tyler is really good, too. Uh, I'm just... I don't buy a lot of the other pieces. And, like, Western, I'm... I'm molded to believe that, like, Western can only be good if it has, like, solid quarterbacks and solid receivers because that's when I've seen Western be good, right? And even... And now take those out of the equation. You don't really know what you're getting. Corey Crooms is good, but like, you don't really, does anybody think he's like half as good as D Eskridge or Sky Moore and quarterback? He might be okay. Who's to say we'll find out. And defense. I wasn't a believer in the defense when they had the pieces last year (laughs) and now they have to replace them. Only field goals. Ball state. You're up next. Uh, the Athletic says you're going to win five games. SP Plus says eh, 5.4 maybe. Unnamed Sportsbook, 5.5. That's our odds. Open the season at Tennessee. Not a great place to be. Um, Ball State's going to get waxed. Please don't watch this game. You don't have to do this to yourselves. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Um, it would be hilarious if Ball State made it a fight. but they just I, Yeah, I don't it. agree. And But keep going. <laughs> like Carson Steele. Like, I might have to borrow Caleb's fingers and toes and we can combine our fingers and toes to count how many rushing yards he'll finish with in that game. Wow. So no more than 40 rushing yards. I, I I'm sensing a similar trend where I have like <laughs> really dumb predictions of first half, second half disparities. Um, I'm just going to keep going with it because I'd already written this down. 
it's going to be a one-score game at the half. Ball State's going to be very much looking like a team that can pull off the upset, and Tennessee's still going to win by three scores because, you know, this team is a different level of Tennessee than they've been in recent years. And I think if Tennessee was under pre- its previous re- coaching regimes that, you know, it could go down to the end. It could be like what Ball State did with North Carolina State a few years ago where they actually looked good for most of the night. But uh, I think Ball State's just going to play well in the first half and just respond well. It is a, a Thursday night game, and things could get a little little weird on a Thursday night, right? But the uh, ultimately, Tennessee's just way more talented, and, and they're pretty good coached up. They're going to have a different class of athletes, and it's going to show out later in the game. Uh, your school, Ohio, uh, the athletics says we predict 5.8 wins and SP plus projects 5.2 and the sports book said five and a half. Uh, pretty that's, that's pretty the generous. All right. They open the season against FAU next week. FAU just played yesterday. They beat the snot out of Charlotte. That was a really nasty game, but I don't know if like FAU's FAU's huge win over Charlotte, uh, could be repeated if you put in the same thing like a hundred times, but Tape's already out on FAU. They're looking pretty good so far. Ohio. Well, what what are you what do you what do you what do you what do you think? Well, I don't think Ohio's gonna be good. So Well, that, that settles that. Well, yeah. So I'm thinking let's see. So kind of trying to look at the box score really quick to see what they did. <laughs> oh god. So FAU ran for two hundred 18 pass for 264 balanced their their quarterback was a former miami hurricane guy too um i think fau probably wins by it's 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 an ohio it's a it's a home game at ohio but fau is in a much better place as a program uh since kiffin right so and that's kept going in his since he departed but yeah, FAU probably puts Hanks 40 on the Bobcats. Yeah, Nikosi Perry, that guy I was just talking about. Uh, he was a Nikosi f- Perry, got it. Okay. Yeah. Former four-star guy. Uh, Hurricane. He had 256 pass. He's not – yeah, he wasn't much of a runner. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say he throws for three. He throws for three against Ohio's defense. Kent State, uh, it's, you, you would think, like, when we're talking about, hey, I'm going to put these guys in, like, projected win total order, you'd think I'm going to put Kent State, who was in the MAC championship game just last year, a little bit higher on this list, right? Well, no, because you were harsh on them in, in our picks. <gasps> the Athletic uh, projects 4.6 wins out of them. SP Plus projects 5. That no faith. Unnamed Sportsbook sets the odds. It's over under at 5 wins. Everybody's saying Kent's going to have a losing record. What gives? Um, hey, they're definitely going to beat Washington, right? You know, because Washington's <laughs> uh, definitely, you know, they were bad. Yeah, sure, they're bad. <laughs> they're not going to be. They're not going to lose to Kent. God no. No. Um, maybe if they played last year, but you know, it's a whole different animal in terms of who comes back for you know Kent State losing a few of those guys and uh. Like, I don't know. Washington ended the season on a losing streak, too. They're probably like, all right. I don't know. <laughs> I want to say, like, they're going to take this seriously, even though it's, a, you know, one of the bye games. And I think uh, Kent State is going to 
make us question whether Schley is the guy in this game? I mean, I don't know who else would be the guy. I know, but I think he's going to play poorly. And make me question, like, like it was notable that I don't believe Kent State went shopping at all for a quarterback this year, which they very well could have, right? Especially for, think of the narrative that we've already built up for Sean Lewis or was already built up for us by the time he got to Kent State, which is that this is the guy, he's going to run this hot-ass hot offense that helped win um, a couple MAC titles or at least get Bowling Green into the MAC championship scene three years in a row when he was under Dino Babers for so long, blah, blah, blah. There's all these jobs that we're thinking of that he'd go to next, NC State, Syracuse, such and so forth. You know, where could Sean Lewis go? The potential is so high. It's only a matter of time before he takes this, this dud of a team into a flash-fast offense, and holy shit, they're in Detroit. Oh, shit, they got spanked by NIU. Oh, man, maybe there's next year. Well, this is next year, and this is the best that they have going right now, is that I don't – man, I'm just not a believer in this team, just – I've I've stated my cases before on previous podcast episodes. I don't think I'm going to go down that route right now, at least not 30 minutes into this show. I'm not buying what Kent State, what, what they're selling. Like, they could have gone into the portal for a new quarterback. They didn't. Schley's okay. Um, I don't know, man. It might only be good enough to, like, be Mac East good. That's always my issue when it comes to, you know, especially teams in the East that, like, don't, make noticeable reaches above its like you know its weight class when in terms of talent Kent State might only be Mackey's good yeah there's no arguing with that <laughs> Bowling Green uh people are getting a little bit excited because it's defense it's like pretty good uh win total from the athletic 5.2 SP plus 4.5 unnamed sports book odds are at four so they're, you know maybe go over who knows at UCLA to open up the year, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, man, they ju- they just fired last week their athletic director uh, Bob Musburger. So mm-hmm. the funniest thing in the world would be for Bowling Green to win and Scott Loeffler to still like not have any job security for it. It's I mean, look, if they hire a new AD. If he, if Bowling Green doesn't win, at least like the fact that Musburger is gone. If BG doesn't win like four or five games in the East, I think he's got to be gone, right? Because new athletic directors love to make leave their footprint. And if things were okay, maybe they wouldn't want. To I mean, shake if, if you don't win four or five games in the East, then you're not winning, you know, the MAC East. That ass, like that's. So like that's that's essentially what you're saying. Like if he doesn't win the MAC East, he's gone. I think he could they could they could win like five games in the Mackey's need to have his job, but I don't know. Because they who I don't even know who else they play in the non conference. I guess that would add to this uh making me sound more coherent, but um they have to show they can compete for the Mackey's if he wants to keep his job because the new athletic director is in all likelihood gonna want to leave an imprint on leave their imprint, make their decision, bring in their own person. Mm-hmm. And it's not that that's always the case, but if you're going to take over a program, a school where football is the thing, and well, at least you know historically, football is the thing there. You have a reputation. You you people view that people, program. People still think 
Urban Meyer instantly when they think of Bowling Green. Yeah. Like people still do that. Yeah, well, it's it's cradle of coaches. It's this and this and this, right? Uh, Miami and BGE and da 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 da. Uh, all of that said, if you want to have that that moniker, that that identity, and you're and you can't compete for a divisional title in your what fourth fifth year, and at no point during that time did you ever even threaten. Mm-hmm. Like, why in the hell would you not hire somebody else? Yeah, like the new athletic director, like. I, I am very curious about like what his or her or their like big picture plan of Bowling Green is, especially like four years ago, like we can kind of like have this conversation, kind of know like what we're going to say already. But like now that like we're like in the NIL world with transfer portal the way it is and like all of the changes that are going to happen to college football, I mean, fucking conference realignment too, you know, Toledo's going through its own changes too. I'm very, very, like, excited to see what Bowling Green comes up with when it comes to, like, bringing in a new athletic director and, like, envisioning a new, bigger, different future for Bowling Green and, like, what that could look like and how that could, like, materialize. You know, that it's a very exciting hire in all honesty. It really is. Um, The thing that sucks is that it's Bowling Green and it's like, you know, you're only known for having Urban Meyer and you're not that so that's where it gets it's going to get really tricky for them. For UCLA, um Bowling Green's going to get their ass kicked because they're running into like a 6-year quarterback. Dude, UCLA at the end of last year hung 42 on Cal, 62 on USC, 44 on Colorado. Those were the last 3 games. UCLA's putting up 50 points against BG at least. Yeah, and like it had, um, it was either last year or the year before where it had like a really, really huge comeback. So like UCLA can just like score in a hurry for sure. So Bowling Green's, I don't care how improved your defense is, you're still Bowling Green. Akron, we're going to finish up with you. I told you we would get there. Projected win totals, uh, less than three out of all of them. We're not going to out you. Um, St. Francis, that is Akron's first home opponent of the year. What are you predicting out of Akron? Um, Akron wins by 20 and like in the 20 to 24 range. And uh, Charles Amanqua is the one who makes the defensive play early that gets Akron rolling. What if, what if things go really bad in this game? I'm not predicting it. I'm just like, I'm entertaining a new thought. I hadn't put too much thought into Akron at all this year. And now that I'm finally, like, spending five minutes thinking about the matchup of Akron and St. Francis, yeah, I initially just, like, want to knee-jerk and be like, yeah, the Joe Moorhead experience is going to kick ass week one. But I want to come back with my knee-jerk and be like, well, they could. But, uh, <laughs> you know. It could be really bad. The, you don't know. The, uh, the exact opposite is also on the table. <laughs> sure. Uh, God, but I would never predict that out of them with that. I, I think DJ Irons has a clean game. I think DJ Irons, I like DJ Irons. I think he was a lot of fun to watch, even in, you know, when Akron wasn't at all fun to watch. DJ Irons specifically, individually was. I think he's in a good system. I think he should be living a happier football life now. I just think the pieces around him, uh, safer, um, the one receiver who left for Pitt, I'm blanking on your name, uh, I, I think the vibes 
around Akron football are generally better. And I think that should help out the quarterback and coming back and having like, you know, a new first year with this new team. And so I think for that, he'll have a clean game against a team he should absolutely uh, destroy. Uh, Caleb, do you have any closing thoughts about anything? Anything at all? I think it would be good to see Miami compete against Kentucky. I don't think they will, but I think it'd be really nice for the profile of the conference and people talking about the Mac a little bit. If uh, if Gabbert looked good as I'm hoping he does, and like this, it's like the the more removed I am from college, the easier for me it is to say things like I hope Miami does well. <laughs> Even though when it comes to the game playing each other, it's like, ah, we're going to kick their ass. So uh, week one, I'm, I'm most hoping that Miami sh- is plays respectably. And I am kind of just hoping that a few new players emerge that, you know, it's the same. It's, it happens every year, but like I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who those players that emerge from week one are that we didn't know about before. And then we can, then we can spend all the next week thinking and talking about them, right? So. And boom goes the dynamite. 